everyone, and welcome to episode 175 of the Savvy Girls Podcast. This is Melanie, and I'm podcasting to you from St. Albert, Alberta. This is Savvy Mom, and I too am podcasting from St. Albert, Alberta. And you've got a bird in your hair. I have a bird in my hair. So you might hear tweets or mom shrieking in pain as the bird bites your ear. She does go for my ear. She does. So, on this episode, there'll be that, as well as other things. I'm sure there will be that. (laughs) So sit back, put your knitting sticks, poke them into your ear so you can feel... No! Don't put anything into your ear larger than, smaller than your elbow. And enjoy the show. And I say, wait, hey, it's just an ordinary day, and it's all your state of mind. At the end of the day... So hi mom, how are you? It's been a while. I'm well, how are you doing? I'm packing to leave town to go to... Yet yes, again. Again, again. Yet again. Last episode was in Regina and then I came back here and I'm going to Winnipeg tomorrow. And lucky me, I had you visiting for how about a week? A little a week. over a week? Yes. Yes? A week. I'll tell you who was thrilled with you being home. Besides your mother. None of my friends, because I don't have any here. (laughs) Your Sparrow Colette. Oh, right. Was absolutely thrilled. So, okay, let's talk about the Sparrow on this knitting podcast. So tell me about what's up with the Sparrow. She dominates my life. In a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you haven't given a Sparrow update for several months. So why don't you talk... What is, what is your day like Well, it her? starts before breakfast. I lie in bed. I'm waking up, and I hear her chirping from downstairs, calling me down, yelling at me, why aren't you here, why aren't you here? And I come downstairs, and there she is, sitting on the perch that goes diagonally across a corner. She's watching the steps. With her bright, shiny face. With her bright, shiny face, waiting for me to come down the stairs and come over and open her cage. And you do? And then when I open her cage, and I gently put my hand in for her to hop on so I can take her out and say good morning, she attacks. She, okay, she, she does attack. She does attack. She does attack. Yes, that's the first one in the day. <laughs> for the record, when I open her cage in the morning... She, she doesn't attack. She snuggles on my shoulder and we go up to my bed for a nap. And then we go into mom's room and she has another nap with mom. Right. So I clearly have better parenting technique in the morning. She clearly loves you better than she loves me. And then you eat breakfast. Then I make my breakfast and she gets all excited when I open the fridge. She flies onto my shoulder and runs down my arm to see what I'm going to be taking out. She's very happy if it's marmalade. Or Nutella. Or Today Nutella. she was licking Nutella off the bread. I don't normally give animals chocolate, well, but I, she found it anyways. I try, anyways, or cream cheese, or shredded cheese. She loves all those things. And I make my breakfast, and she's happy if it's tuna. She is very happy if it's tuna. I know, and I sit down to eat my breakfast, and... And she politely asks for some. And she's all over me. She's on my shoulder. She's down my hand. She's drinking out of my glass. Oh, she's so cute. She taps the side of the glass and asks you. I I used to make her a small plate so she could eat out of this tiny little tea party plate. She could eat from that on the table. And then I would be left alone. However, she doesn't leave me alone. (laughs) So I stopped. She loves you. She does. No, she doesn't. And then she has her nap after she She cries. doesn't love me. She does love you. She attacks. She's poking at my toes right now. Well, she does like dry skin I don't, and she's not, I don't, cuticles. Okay, I, okay, I she don't have... She loves cuticles. I don't have cuticles on my... I don't have, she's just sitting there. You have cuticles. They're just not dry. They're fine. She does get pedicures if needed. And manicures. And sometimes she goes, she'll grab a piece oh. of, a, of a hangnail and just yank it. And then she snips it off with the side of her beak. snips it off after she makes us yell, yes. Yeah, she plays pretty princess. She's such a cutie, though. She is, honestly, not to talk about the bird the whole time, but having an imprinted bird is very different than having a tame bird. Because a tame bird is happy when you pick them up and things. An imprinted bird, we're her flock. She needs to be with us at all times or she gets really upset. 
So um, I think she's making a bid to lead the flock, though. I think this is what she's trying. Oh? She's trying to lead. Oh, to lead. To lead. I thought you said No, not lead. lead. No. No, to lead the flock. Yes, she's trying to be dominant. Are you being dominant? She's cr- hopping up my arm to my shoulder. She will now go under my hair, and then she'll take a swipe at my ear when she gets bored. <laughs> So, Why do you find this so delightful? She's such, she can take care of herself. She's like a bird gang of one. A bird gang. So, Mom, yes. but until you yelp when she swipes you, yes. what sort of knitting have you been doing? Oh, dear. I've been feeling very guilty about not crafting lately. Oh. I know. I told you I had no crafting to talk about. Well... You did just end a sentence with a preposition. I know that. I thought of it as soon as I did it. All right. But you are, if, if you, ideally, if you start to craft. Yes. What will you be crafting? Ah. That's, their, that's sort of knitting talk or crochet or that whatever. Is, that is kind of, t- that's very good. What I would like to do. Okay. What I would like to do is add the embellishments to the squares I've made for a particular blanket. And I have even made the embellishments but they have to be sewn on so i have made 30 i think 30 squares with uh this is crochet this is crochet with a big circle in the middle and then turning the circle into the square on the outside and my idea is to turn each circle into a thing like an apple or a sunshine or a piggy or um, something identifiable, but I want to do it so that the stitches with which I attach the embellishments don't show through on the back. Okay. That means on one side, it just looks like it's a blanket full of polka dots. And when you turn it over, surprise, the polka dots are all various identifiable things. Cool. Will I have a pattern for all the parts? No, I'm just sort of winging it. So that's what I would like to work on next. Okay. I'm baking cookies tonight. That's sort of crafting. It's not related to knitting or crocheting. It's crafting. It is crafting. It's crafting. What kind of cookies are you making? The easiest cookies that I can make. Um, I didn't... I didn't get for some of these fringe festivals it's actually lottery based so if you're lucky you get picked if you're not lucky you don't get picked and so I unfortunately had it been merit based I would have been picked because I always sell out there but since it was complete random chance chance abandoned me for Winnipeg and I needed to to book a venue outside of the festival which is another option for these festivals and there was one I really wanted but a lot of people wanted it so basically I bribed them with cookies Cookies are yeah, good. So I have to pay up. Tomorrow I'm heading to Winnipeg, and I, I told the ven- person in charge of the venue I would head there with cookies, homemade cookies for her. And so I need, I, I'm as keen on baking as I am on knitting. So so you're really looking forward to this evening's activity. I plan to lick the bowl probably after I take the dough out. <laughs> Maybe before. Mmm, delish. Mm, I do like eating eggs. dough. Oh, come on. For the record, mom, um, mom fed us raw eggs as children and had no problem with it. Licking the bulls? They didn't tell us we weren't supposed to. And we're fine. My listeria's under control. Seems to be. So there, we're good. As they say in Alberta. It's past, it's, it's beyond Alberta. Anyway, so I'm, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to bring my shawl along, my shawl I'm making out of Anzula yarn, and it's getting longer, and I'm not... Beautiful. I'm still not exactly sure since I'm using different, I think size eight instead of size six and worsted instead of sport. What is my next step? Because it has this giant ruffle, so I could just bypass the ruffle and keep doing garter stitch. I'm not sure. Or there's this this area with eyelets before the ruffle, but if I if I've been going between one color and another, and if I use any more blue, I absolutely won't have enough for the ruffle. So I'm I'm dealing with issues right now. I have lots of feelings. You have lots of feelings? Yes, I'm full of feelings. Would you like to share those feelings? I thought I just did. You mean give them give them words? Yes. Oh, frustration because okay. I should have with myself for not reading the pattern before I 
I sourced wool and needles. Okay. Annoyance, because Deborah started knitting it at the same time, which was like a year and a half ago, and she's done. Oh, okay. Um, ire, because it's knitting. Boredom already. It is really nice wool. Confusion? No. Not confusion. What's like anticipation and confusion <laughs> together? What's... Trepidation? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that because I, I'm worried that actually it won't be all that nice when I'm finished because I, there's this shawl that everybody makes. Anyway, if you're thinking of a shawl everyone makes, it's probably that shawl. <laughs> and I made it last year. It was beautiful wool. I think it was also Anzula, actually. Two years ago. I made it two years ago and it was beautiful. But it's tiny. It's this little shawlette. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. And then... Gift it. You know how long that took my first shawl? Okay. Mom. Okay. Mom, did you give away your first child? It's obviously me. not. You're, it's like you have to tell me. <laughs> you obviously didn't give you away. You're sitting here with me. Did you give away your first sparrow? She also is sitting here with me. So I can't give away my first shawl. Okay. I don't really know where it is. But if I find it, I'm definitely keeping it. What color is it? Red. And my second shawl was this beautiful purple and gray. Actually, I bought the yarn with Maya when we were in Harrogate. There was a yarn stop in Harrogate after we went to the spas. We talked about that, actually. Um, did I play that? I hope I played that. Anyway, we went to the spas in Harrogate. We podcasted, I think... Anyway, the point is, I bought this yarn. I made this gorgeous shawl. It took forever. And um, it's really long. It's not very deep. It's just incredibly long. So again, what do you do? It's not a scarf. No one can see that carefully wrought pattern. I think it was called the Dauphine shawl. I even I even lost the magazine that I had bought for a pound oh. at the store and I had to rebuy the pattern. So I was, And there were mistakes, and I was super committed. Anyway, that's upstairs here. Uh, the, the point is, I'm, I have I have trepidation. I understand. Good sharing. I do what I can. <laughs> so, what other creative things are you doing, Mom? That was quite the pause, wasn't it? <laughs> you made a Canadian thing. The thing with all the little post-it notes on it. Oh. That doesn't count. It's it's art. Right, I'm on the executive, I'm on the board of the Canadian Multicultural Education Foundation. And for Multiculturalism Day, we needed a maple leaf. And then people wrote on little sticky notes what their feelings were about Canada. They were supposed to keep it at one to three words. And then stuck it on this red maple leaf and we were going to take it to three different events but everything was squished together and the post-it notes were coming off so after I I made the maple leaf out of foam core board and then repositioned all the, all the little notes on it and glued them down and there's a big space in the middle so we will be able to use it for one or two other events nice. that's boring we had Canada Day, Canada 150th anniversary from Confederation. Yes, I was in Regina for that. Was there great celebration? Yeah, we talked about it on the last podcast. Remember how one of the fireworks looked more like a male organ yes, you talked than about a hard? Yes. Yes, that was that was interesting, all right. They're in the notes from last show in case. And there's a picture, I believe. There's indeed I didn't take it. I was unfortunately, but my eyes took that same picture as mm -hmm. it is seared into my brain forever. Yes. So, although I would like to be doing more things, I seem to be busy with other... Maybe you should do more things. Projects. I should, because I have a whole room full of yarn and material that needs to be turned into things. Big house, big car, backseat, full bar. Houseboat won't float, the bank won't float enough. Too much stuff. It's just too much stuff It'll hang you up Dealing with too much stuff So Mom and I recorded a little bit more, but guess what? The batteries died. So we are going to have to bring back 
our words once again. We had started to bring back words, but we are going to have to bring them back again later. However, however, when I was looking through an old memory card, hoping to find cool pictures of the bird, because, you know, the thousands that I have are not enough. I found the, inter- you know, I, when Christine and I were talking last week, she had mentioned an interview I had lost from the year before, and lo and behold, there it was. So I am no longer in Regina. However, and it's a year later, however, here it is. It's, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting, and especially if you listen to it and then go back and listen to the last episode, a lot will probably make sense. So here we go. Thank you, Christine, for being so patient. And here is the interview. are in Regina. And who are you? Christine. And you are a crocheter. Yes, Look, I found a the crocheter. token crocheter. <laughs> she was making fun of me all night. <laughs> Just a little, good-naturedly. Yeah, so, mostly, mostly. So tell me your crochet story. How did you get into it? What happened? Uh, what, when, where did you go wrong? <laughs> uh, my, I grew up and my mom was always super crafty. She sewed a lot. Um, I always remember her knitting and crocheting. Um, as a kid, she taught me to knit when I was maybe 10 or 11, and I started making some vest that I maybe made it three or four inches on and then gave up. And I think I started doing it a little bit again when I was in grade seven or eight and made a couple of scarves, but never really got into it. And then in university, when I got my wisdom teeth out, I was sitting around um, doing nothing, feeling like a waste of space. And I uh, wanted to have something to do with my hands while I watched endless movies and stuff and recuperated. And so I turned to my mom and said, which do you like better, knitting or crochet? And she said, crochet. And I said, okay, teach me. And so I started making blanket squares because uh, I know there's that Blankets for Canada um, project where you can make 8 by 8 inch squares and drop them off. And uh, volunteers will knit uh, sew them together and donate them to shelters. Oh, nice. So I figured that was something I could do that it didn't matter if my tension was perfect or if I made mistakes or whatever. And it was kind of a small enough project, but I felt like I wasn't doing something totally useless. So I started doing that and then I made pretty much everybody I knew a scarf. And then I started, I don't know what I did next. I think then I started making, um, characters and stuff like that. My husband really likes, we both really like Star Wars, so I made him some Star Wars characters, Amigurumi, um, and now my house is kind of covered in crochet things. And you have a cat puss Yes, I have an uh, octopus, octopus with two S's, right? Or cat octopus thing, yes, that looks a lot like my cat, um, which was a request from my husband. He tends to find very strange things on the internet and ask if I can make them for him. And he used to just randomly give me pictures and say, can you make this? And now at least he's learned that he should find me a pattern. So he's figured out how to at least search Ravelry enough to find patterns. And, so he uh, has joined Ravelry? Uh, no, he, you can search it just on oh. the web okay. without being logged in. And so he's found me, I made a mountain range, a rainbow mountain range out of chunky yarn. Um, and I've made uh, this cat octopus thing, which required, which was knitting. So then I had to learn how to do t- double pointed needles. Um, but you did. But I did because I wanted to make him this crazy cat octopus thing, which is pretty cool. And you made it for Swapetition. You, oh, what's your Ravelry name, by the way? Oh, uh, Stitch This Freud. And why? Um, a friend of mine told me, well, when I was starting a crafting blog a couple years ago, which I haven't touched in a couple years, I haven't touched (laughs) in a long time. Um, when I was coming up with a name for that, I asked Facebook because, you know, people on Facebook come up with good ideas sometimes. And my friend said that apparently, um, Freud discouraged women from, uh, doing any kind of needlework because he thought it encouraged them to think. Oh. And so she suggested stitch this Freud as kind of a, you know... Like yes, yes, it does. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, uh, you know, yes, it does encourage us to think, and that's a good thing, and it's fun. So, 
Yeah. But not only do you think, but you are a somewhat of a bird expert. A little bit, yeah. I've done some uh, research. I did some behavioral research on hummingbirds um, in university and also a one summer on a genetics project with chickadees and woodpeckers. So you got to cuddle chickadees? Yeah, although they mostly pecked me. Oh, they, they I, don't... Want to be, I want to be pecked by a chickadee. <laughs> that is so cute. They don't really like it when you try to take them out of the mist net. I mean, to be fair, I caught them in the mist net, but they hang on with for dear life with their little claws. And, and what is a mist net? Uh, it kind of looks like a baggy badminton net that you hang up in the forest somewhere where you think they're going to be flying through, and the birds fly into it and into a pocket, and then they get kind of tangled. And so then you can untangle them gently and weigh them and band them and take blood samples so we were doing genetic research on them and they don't have heart attacks no no not usually they usually are they're i mean sometimes they get upset actually catching hummingbirds is hard in a mist net you don't usually try to but they really have to worry about because they get very upset and you need to give them sugar water right away so we usually had a thing of sugar me too too <laughs> you need sugar water sugar water uh, that would make me feel better in almost any situation we, i mean seriously we should call we should all carry around little vials of sugar water yeah yeah i guess we could i guess we could or, or just sugar Can maybe that's just pop i guess that's yeah, why guess there's pop that everywhere is, that's true <laughs> or candy actually there's a lot of sugar around us all the that's time probably true but not usually that you're encouraged to, to, no. to take in no. at stressful moments. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the chickadees will just hold onto the net and won't let you untangle them, and then they peck you. Aww. Especially if you have a hangnail or something, they, they go right for that. So if you, hopefully you will meet Colette again, come visit Mom in Edmonton, do you mm-hmm. think you can assess her behavior? Uh, well, I guess I could I could give her some foraging tasks, make her choose between different kinds of research. Uh, Maybe. So how would I do it? How do you... Um, Well, with the hummingbirds, we gave them sort of pretend flower patches, and it was with different uh, volumes of of sugar water. And so they couldn't tell from a distance or even from just looking at it how much um, there was, because it was microliters, so it's not very easy to tell. Um, and they'd have to choose between different colors. They'd learn that, like, yellow was a variable food source and purple was a constant food source, but they had the same mean um, volume. And then you'd basically ask them, you'd give the bird a bunch of yellows and purples together and ask them which they liked better. That is so neat. Yeah, so I don't know. With Colette, we'd have to find some way so that she didn't know how many pieces of food were. It's a little harder when they're bigger pieces of food. I suppose, or it could be food, or it could be something she likes, like cheese, mm-hmm. or yeah. something she doesn't want. Hmm, we'll have to think about this. I feel like she should be assigned tasks now. <laughs> Give her decision tasks. Yes, knitting or crochet. <laughs> well, she seems to like yarn, so... She does like yarn. She, likes she might get distracted yarn. by stealing stitch markers and things. So what is the weirdest thing you've ever made? Uh, well, the cat octopus was pretty weird. Um, I also made a dragon. For my, really nice. my Halloween costume, I was uh, the mother of dragons from Game of Thrones, so I made a dragon. You look exactly like... Oh, by the way, this is... You, people say... Some people say... Non-knitters say that there aren't a lot of attractive knitters out there. <laughs> I found one, although she's a crocheter, right? But Oh, maybe crocheters are more attractive. Maybe... Oh, oh, there we go. I think, actually, this might be true because, I mean, people say crocheters on hot she is. So... There you go. Maybe crocheting, it keeps your dancer, right? Yep. 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 I'm not sure that I've ever combined dancing and crochet. I don't know. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. I don't know. Yeah. You could dance a granny square somehow or in a granny mm-hmm. square. I guess I could be inspired by some crochet. I'll think about that. Next time we're doing improv, I'll, I'll think about crochet. <laughs> now, not only do you crochet, but you did some crazy crochet for Swap Petition. It was what, slip stitch crochet? Yeah. Uh, What's up with that? What made you choose to do that? According to your knitting group, it went on for months. It went on forever. Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, mostly they heard me complaining about how long it was taking. Um, yeah, it was all slip stitches. And so you basically only gained the, the height of a strand of yarn each row. Oh, wow. And so it took 72 rows of slip stitch crochet to make it around the wrist so and then I had to do two of them and every five or six rows was a really complicated row to make it like make waves and so I had I literally had a friend who I would just yell numbers at him and he had to remember which number I was on so that I would know which increase or decrease 
<laughs> I was on. Your friend? Yes. Okay. But he would look at me and be like, do I need to know another number? It was pretty funny. He was, he's really helpful. It's too bad he's not in town because he speaks French. So he would have liked your show. But he's not. People leave. No, he's in Ireland or something. Oh. Bad choices. Travelers. He yeah. Sh- he should have stuck around for your show. Now, what is it like living in Virginia? Because you're from Ontario originally. Mm, Calgary originally. Calgary. Originally, originally Calgary. But since I'm from Edmonton, we're just skipping that over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's okay. from Guelph <laughs> slash Calgary. Yeah. What is it like living here as a knitter? Crocheter. <laughs> what is it like living here as a crafter? Um, it's a really nice town. I mean, um... I, nobody thinks of Regina as an exciting place to go, but and they think of other things that sound like Regina. Yeah, I know it's it's the city that rhymes with fun. I know our big claim to fame recently was that we were in the Deadpool movie because Deadpool, That's the character Deadpool, were. is from Regina. Um, yeah, so I mean, not that he hangs out here or anything. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, it's not like it's a super exciting city, but it's a nice Canadian city that's got, and it's a capital, so we've got you know pretty much anything you need except an ikea there's no ikea or mac but besides those we've got pretty much everything you need and um you know lots of nice people um found a nice knitting group here you met them tonight they're they're lovely they're super friendly you're skipping over though something that happened here quite recently as in today oh yeah the most exciting thing was that we had a moose there was a moose the most canadian problem <laughs> ever there was a moose infestation a out. moose on the loose which just makes me have the song stuck in my head from girl guide camp how did it go uh, there was a moose, there was a moose, who liked to drink a lot of juice, who liked to drink a lot of juice. There was a moose, there was a moose, who liked to drink a lot of juice. And then at some point it goes, there was a moose on the loose, full of juice. I'm not singing it very well. This moose <laughs> was on the loose. Yes, he was swimming in our uh, Wascana Center, which is, I think, one of the largest urban parks in Canada. And it's a big man- man-made lake. And apparently he was just hot and wanted to go for a swim. For several days. Yeah, for at least a couple days. And apparently he hung out on one of the islands overnight. And, yeah, he was all over the news. And And you could just see him swimming around with his little ears flapping back and forth. And people were canoeing near them. And apparently they had to be warned not to take selfies with the moose. Which just tells you... People. (laughs) People these days. Except then the moose got greedy for media attention. Yeah, and then he went over to the CBC, which is not, it's not far from the park where the, where the lake is, and uh, was either blocking someone in their car or from getting to their car. He was making trouble. Yeah. He was hanging out behind the bushes in the parking lot. Apparently he was too much of a cool moose and causing too much trouble. So they had to tranquilize him and move him out of town. He'll be back. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. I mean, it's a good swimming. It's his own swimming pool. I know. And yeah, and not not very many other moose in his way, so he gets to be the cool moose in town. But we couldn't see him. We didn't get to see we him though. We looked for him though. We did look. We, we went to the we park goose. and we tried looking for the moose. Every time we saw something in the water, we thought it might be a moose head. It was just a goose. Just a goose, not a moose. No moose. <laughs> so maybe we need to bring him juice. Oh. Darn, we didn't think about that. Next time. Next time. <laughs> so. I guess I should end this on a crochet note. Sure. Um, what do you have to say to crocheters out there about... Don't listen to Melanie. Crochet is awesome. Okay, fine. <laughs> there you go. Don't listen to Melanie. Crochet yes. is awesome. Oh, and there's the money. Sing me a song of a last that is gone. Say, could that last be I? Mary of soul, she sailed on a day over the sea to sky. Mole was a stand, rum on the port, Echion the starboard bow. Glory of youth glowed in his soul, where is that So I meant to finish the podcast quite a while ago. It has been sitting there for a couple weeks. I was looking for someone else who could finish it, another knitter who could help me take it home and do this last section. And I found one in Scotland, where I am. So hello. Hello. And you've been on this before. Uh, Yes, a few years ago, Uh, I think. Yeah. So tell, who are you again and what do you do? I'm Barbara, Kent. and I uh, yeah I'm a knitter in Edinburgh, and I'm uh, Mel staying with me 
during the, the course of the festival, Edinburgh Fring Festival. Uh, that's for about the month of August. And uh, we're going to hopefully do some knitting together. We are. I brought knitting. And what are you knitting right now? I'm knitting a shawl, as usual. Doesn't every knitter have a shawl on some pins? At in, some, Scotland. In, in Scotland. In Scotland, yes. yes. It is a proper... Well, what's it called? It's made with Shetland wool, and it's called the Shetland Trader. In fact, this this shawl. Oh, it's by Gudrun. It's by. Um, it know. is. It's Gudrun. It says Good. on the front. She's oh. she designed one of my favorite hats. I think. Oh yes. Yeah, oh. I met her. She's I, lovely. I thought it was by Yuselda. If you look in the back, it says something about Yuselda, but no. Oh it's... yes, I got it at her studio, I think. Ah, but no, it's the it's it's a pattern by Gudrun Johnson. Right. And Where does she come from? I, I think Glasgow. She saw, she saw she saw my knitting there. show. She was oh, here. Oh, I, I went out for a drink with both of them a couple of years ago. So oh, that's They're great, lovely. isn't it? And I'm knitting a shawl just now. It's a full size hat. And what's it called? Oh, you said that already. Mm-hmm. Um, the hat hap is um, an old Scottish word for for shawl, and I think it's going to be really big and really warm for the winter. And it will it will be my sixth shawl that I have, and two that I've knitted for friends and given away. So uh, I think I'm I think I'm okay for shawls forever. <laughs> well, maybe not. No, for a while, I've got patterns for so many others and wool for others, but also always got a pair of socks on pins as well. Always, um, and that's another use older pattern or a use older pattern for socks and um yeah i'll get on with them as well and what what yarn are you using for this this is jameson's scottish do you know jameson's i do now yeah, yeah it's um jameson and smith i think it's it's from the shetland isles yes 100 percent shetland wool from the shetland isles and it's i know used predominantly for fair isle sweaters it's the right texture and the right uh, weight for doing the fair isle patterns and comes in lovely colours to do them as well. But uh, I, I haven't attempted that yet. There's time when you're done your shawls. Yeah, when I'm a bit more confident at um, colour work, I think, as well. See, even um, knitting talk is interesting when it's done in a Scottish accent. <laughs> is right? <it>? Yes. <laughs> and so many of my knitting friends are Americans or Canadians or, you know, so... Um, and that's where I started knitting was in America so it's come full circle then it has it has so what is the most Scottish okay aside from eating haggis in a kilt we did the most Scottish thing a knitter could do tonight together here and what is that yeah that yeah oh, well, oh, classic <laughs> yes um, yes we put outlander on we did on the telly does everybody know what outlander is i think basically mm. they probably do it's a bodice ripper it, it is and again written by an american it's really taken off in scotland i think taken off all over the world but it is such a scottish drama written um, a whole series of books by i think i have the lady's name right the writer i think it's diana gabon mm-hmm and she goes on for book after book, and they have made two series for television already, which I think nearly it's, it was shown in America before it was shown here, and we just love it. We absolutely love it. It is so Scottish, but mostly we love it because we love Jamie. Mm hmm. What do you love most about Jamie? He's gorgeous. <laughs> And he's strong, he's handsome, and he's got red curly hair. And he's, he's just great. So are there acts, they're really Scottish, right? Yes, nearly every Scottish actor has, play, has, has been in this uh, series, including my niece. Really? Fact. Yes, my niece Maury, who is an actress who studied at the Scottish um, Royal Academy of Drama in Ooh. Glasgow many years ago. Uh, even she's had a partner. She had her tooth out. So we didn't see very much of her. Mostly she had her mouth open going, ah. 
Meanwhile, Claire, the lovely Claire, who is the heroine of the story, extracted a tooth in series two. Ooh, so we know what's happening. There will be a tooth. Whatever happens in the plot, yes. there will be a tooth extracted I, I from your knee. I can't tell you about... Uh-huh, I can't reveal who wins all the battles, but I can tell you a tooth was extracted, yes. <laughs> That's fun. So your flat is amazing. Of all the places I stayed, it's probably the prettiest place. You decorate it so nicely. There are butterflies. <laughs> Not real butterflies, but butterflies, and the wallpaper has trees on it, and everything is just... If I had a flat, this is almost exactly how I would decorate it. Maybe less yarn. Yes, well. But, um, yes, but otherwise... And, and more birds and a gerbil or five gerbils, maybe, and a piano. But otherwise, exactly the same. It's the smallest flat in the world, I think. No, it's two bedroom. It it's is a huge. It's got two bedrooms, a lovely sitting room, a Wendy house in the backyard. Yeah. And that's a very British thing, having a little sort of a playhouse for adults. It's it's um, It kind of suits us, doesn't it? Because we're miniature people. Yes. And the house is like a miniature house. In fact, even... The bed, the double bed, is a three-quarter bed. I don't think you have them in America. But we, no. They're, they're, they're not a full-size bed. It is a double, but not as you would know it. It's a few inches shorter, which just gives you a, room, a bit more room in the room. The bath. Your bath sh- is so comfortable. The bath is a shortened bath. It's long enough for me. Yeah, me too. I'm only five foot one and you're about... Five foot, I'm five feet, feet. yeah. So it's it's fine. It is a little miniature fire here and miniature... And a big mirror, that's important. Yeah, big mirror, yeah, and lots of wool, yes. I was worried, uh when you say butterflies in the room, we are slightly worried because we've seen a couple of moths at this time of the year, I think. It's a bit cold, so there's been a couple of moths. But they're not congregating in the same area. Slightly worrying, yes. And they might, they might, I don't see any now. I'm going about putting lavender balls in all all the knitting boxes. Does that keep them away? Yeah, it's a bit like mothballs. They don't like it. Oh, okay. So there's a tip. If you can't find mothballs, do you know what mothballs? I Uh do. When I was little, I thought they were candy. I didn't didn't eat any, but you know, they they looked like white mint candy and they didn't smell like... My grandmother, my booby had some in her her place once and I had never seen them before. And I thought, why does this candy smell disgusting? Uh, that's why, because it's. But you know, it's I think I think candy. they still work because now that there's so many knitters about the, well, maybe not those old mothballs, but alternatives. Sometimes you get ones made of cedar wood, but they have oh. they are kind of covered with certain essences, and I think lavender is one of them that the moths don't like. So huh. I just sprinkle lavender um, essence on some cotton wool balls and stick them around in the baskets where the yarn is, and hopefully that will work. So you're the ultimate crafter. You have crafted mothballs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Mm. So what I, one thing I like about the UK and Scotland specifically is the, the words, the words people use here. You use a lot of words that we don't use at home, like boot for car oh, back yes. or Wendy house for house in your backyard which we don't have um what are some what are some quintessentially scottish words and pins for needles that's another one you use that uh-huh. but what are what are some scottish words not just about knitting but oh um well today we've been out today and um the the weather's that horrible damp a kind of a rain it's it's, it's it's a rain, but it's not a pouring rain. It's that misty rain that just gets into everything, isn't it? And we got a bit wet today. We did get a bit wet. I wasn't the one wearing white pants, so yeah, I was okay. It's not very mm. nice, but it, we I, we would call that a very drich day. Drich day. Drich. Drich day. Drich. It's very drich today. means uh, it completely explains it. You must know what I mean when I say drich. I, I now know you what know, you mean when yeah. you say drish. It's so self-explanatory. Um, another good word we have is, um, you know, when you go under, what would you call that piece of furniture? What would you call that? I, a, cabinet, dresser? A, cabinet? a dresser? A cabinet? A cabinet or a dresser? I guess it's a cabinet because it's in your living room. Yes, a cabinet or a dresser. We would call it maybe a sideboard. Oh. But a piece of furniture that's quite low to the ground or a chair you may get or a sofa where you don't often, um, where the dust gathers. Well, we would call it stour. Stour? That under, that's quite a lot of stour under that dresser. 
It means you've not been under there and dusted it out or, oh. or vacuumed it for a while. You know, you've kind of neglected it. Should I do and a steward check? <laughs> you steward, get on your knees and check for the steward, Melanie. That does not sound like what it means. <laughs> it sounds like a bad date. <laughs> get on your knees and check for the steward. <laughs> oh, yeah, we probably have other names for that as well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat then. <laughs> so, okay, do you have another word that you... These are great words. Oh, steward. Um, oh. Drich. Drich. Uh, oh, I can't think right at the moment um those are two really good words mm. well what about foods not everybody sits around eating haggis that Definitely is not, not necessarily true no no we have what do we have we have something called stovies and that's a nice old sort of warm meal made you can make it two ways either with stewed sausages chopped up and mashed potatoes and gravy. It's kind of like that. It's actually nicer than that. You do onions and, and sausages, and then it gets mixed up with kind of potatoes till it goes to a mush. And, uh, well, you catch it before it goes to a mush. Or some people do it with corned beef, but we call it stovies. I'm not a great fan of it, to be honest, but it's, it's, it's Scottish. It's Scottish warming traditional dish um lots of broths and you but you bake i bake a little i haven't been baked for a few months now because i've been trying to avoid cake and when i bake there's cake i eat cake yes it's a rhyme and it's true yes but i have a few events coming up in the near future like my visiting well yes i probably got maybe something in the freezer but um i haven't done any of my famous Gingerbreads, my award-winning gingerbreads. Let me guess, ages. was this at the office? This was your office, office bake-off two office, years ago. Yes, aha. Uh-huh. Every year it's won the ba- the gingerbread bake-off, yes. And so everybody bakes gingerbread. Yeah, so that's what oh. I'm best at, and I have a few to do for uh, a church event thing that I've got to bake for in a few weeks. I better get them in the freezer. Wow. Being here is so amazing. I love I love being here. It's fun to visit with you, and um, you're fun. What have you? Um, well, you haven't seen much of Edinburgh so far. You've only Not been here one day. What's just your one favorite day. thing about it? You're always rushing um, around venue to press to the flat. Yeah, to sleep a little. I mean, I out do, again. I do love the fact. Oh, I haven't been, I haven't been there this trip. I love the fact that Marks and Spencers has inexpensive but pretty bras that fit me perfectly. They're all, right? Look they're at this. Check it out. Oh, Isn't that a nice oh, bra? Yes, Look at it's that. It's got like, yeah, it's got like oh, a little bone. Yeah, I wish you could see this. I wish this was a, 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 a video <laughs> blog. Um, you, you would have got a right old flash of our boobies there. <laughs> So yeah, they're really pretty bras and they're not expensive. I think this one was 12 pounds. So mm-hmm. I, at home, buying a good bra could be the equivalent of 60 or 70 pounds. So yes. this makes me very happy. So good I'm, foundations. Good foundations. Yes. Make, maketh a woman. Yes. Good foundations. Just like manner maketh a man. Yes. Good foundations maketh, maketh the a woman. woman. So, yeah, I love that. As far as Edinburgh specifically, I just like walking around. I like wandering, not the main streets, but you know, mm-hmm. when you get down into Grass Market, you get down into the Haymarket? Um, Haymarket's getting quite busy now. It's not so nice, but yeah, all the Grass Market. That run. place where they used to hang people, what's that called? Near Grass Market? Uh, um, the, uh, the Cowgate. Yeah, Cowgate. Cowgate, Cowgate Grass yeah. Market. The, where they used yeah. to hang people yeah. is, is actually a lovely area to go. There are lovely cafes yes. now. We haven't hung anyone for a couple of hundred years, though. No. Uh, uh, yeah, it's great. It's still quite traditional. The castle just overwhelms that, that street, doesn't it? Yeah, and we saw a rainbow um, today. Beautiful Scottish rainbow. Mm-hmm. I love the low-lying clouds because the clouds are cha- they're big and they're fluffy and they change all the time. Yeah. Um, so that's beautiful here. And the... I don't know what else. Just everything that happens here is delightful because everyone talks so beautifully. We need to get you out. You need to get some time to get to see some more rugged scenery. You know. I thought we were watching Jamie. Oh yes, isn't he rugged scenery? (laughs) He is. He is very beautiful. Rugged scenery. Yes. Yes. 
And, you know, in the background of the Outlander, there's some mm-hmm. lovely scenery as well. You, so you get the best of both worlds there. Get to, yeah, see rugged in the flesh and rugged forests and mountains and lochs and all that as well. If anybody hasn't seen Outlander, just look for it. And you'll get a lovely taste of Scotland. Or you could come to Scotland. Yes. Also, you could come to the festival. It's not too late. It's on for three more weeks. Come on, just mm-hmm. hop a plane. You could you could be podcasting with us yes, in Scotland, maybe you if you're fun. You're welcome. And I, what do you recommend? Okay, because actually, quite a few knitters I know are visiting Scotland this summer. And so, if someone, if a knitter comes to Scotland, what do they do? There's knit night Monday nights at the Safari Lounge. Yes. So you should go there and do Monday night knit night. Anybody's welcome. Yeah, the best knitting uh, yarn shop in Edinburgh is Ginger Twist. Absolutely. On London Road, it's called, and a few hundred yards across the road from it, we all meet. For our knit night in the safari lounge. There are truffle french fries, truffle chips. Yep, good old pub. We have the back room and everybody meets there from all different countries. There's a transient people coming by and the regulars like me. And our leader, Jessica, she's getting married in November. So we um, are all, everybody, all us regulars, we're knitting green bunting for her. Really? She's going to decorate the town hall. She's getting married in the town hall. And it's going to be decorated in green knitted bunting. So we've all, we're all busy with different shades of green. That's bunting just beautiful. Away. You're bunting away. Yeah, we're doing that. Big event in November. Yes. So... If you're not here to go to someone you don't know to do their wedding in November, what else can you see? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. We've, we've had a, we've had a yarn fest now for three years, but that's in March, mm-hmm. so that's not on during the festival. But it's great excitement, um, and we all save up and spend lots and lots of money. Um, my friend has just she's a quilting lady and. Haven't shown Mel this yet, but she's made some um, project bags mm-hmm. and a great. She's just invented and and made a purse, a case for all the needles. Oh, let's I'm see! I'm showing it. I'm showing you it. Should, to I will Mel take now. a picture and put it in the show notes, you guys. You can because Whoa. we just invented it. There's never been such a thing done, but my friend has just made it. And um, some of the girls are ordering it. There's a place you'll see. It's got lots of pockets in it. It is absolutely gorgeous, I have to say. It's about the size of, you know, what, an iPad or something? Yeah, like a um, a regular size iPad. Uh Mm Uh-huh, and with pockets and and pull-out bits, places for your needles and all your little notions. And it's all quilted, so it is in itself a crafted item. Yeah, it's beautiful. She has lovely fabrics she does it in. So, uh... And where can, some, where can someone order these? Are they online? Are they on They're Etsy? They're not online because we just did this this, this week. Ah. Well, I didn't do it. I just, I just kind of designed it and she did it. But, uh, yes, I am taking orders for it. Okay, so how do people, if people want, if people see this beautiful item and it is gorgeous and would like it, what should they do? Oh, well, they can email me. Okay, at? At banderson456 at hotmail.co.uk. And if you can't quite catch that, email us and we will let her know. And and they cost £30. £30 and you could pay different ways for it yeah i yeah it's probably just a bank transfer yeah bank transfer of, uh-huh yeah or something yeah fine. then there'd be no actually no. you can also get you could just come over here and pay in person yes that's right pick your fabric yeah. yes I mean, oh, if you're interested you tell me what colors and whatever if you like flowers or stripes or whatever they're absolutely gorgeous they really are and she's so professional she they're She's just a perfectionist. It's got zips everywhere. It's got see-through plastic bits that you can see your pattern or see what's in. Well, the question Um, is, would Jamie approve? Well, who knows? Because we've already knitted Jamie's socks and sent it to lovely socks to keep his little tootsies warm in the forest when he's filming (laughs) Outlander. 
And we're not quite sure if you got them because he hasn't replied or sent us a thank you letter. Oh. I'm saying us. It wasn't me. It was Jessica. But you were it there. My, it was my idea. I said, you should knit him some socks, some nice big Highland socks for those boots. And, and uh, her fiancé didn't mind? She, she hadn't met him then. Okay. That's this okay was, then. This was, uh, Before she met him. This was about 18 So he really ago. does owe her a letter. He does. He does. Jamie, if you're listening to this, yes. write Jessica. She's she's beautiful. Uh-huh. She's wonderful. Uh-huh. She's she's not single anymore. No, we just, no, we just bunting. Like a thank you. But yeah, we'd like a thank you. Mm-hmm. And order a quilty bag. It's neat and it's sweet. It's a ding dong treat. Knitting socks for little feet. With your knitting all day long. Knitting's friendly and knitting's fun. Knitting's good for everyone. And that is why we sing this knitting song. everyone and thank you for listening to episode 176 of the Savvy Girls podcast. If you'd like to reach us, we are on Ravelry under Savvy Girls podcast, on Twitter under Savvy Girls Pcast. I have my own Twitter account under Melanie Presents, also an Instagram account under Melanie Presents. What else? We are on Facebook under the Savvy Girls podcast and I am obviously on Facebook under Melanie Gall. I will be performing in Edinburgh for the rest of the month. If you're here, come and see me perform. I'm doing Three shows, the Vera Lynn show, the Piaf Umbrella, and Jazz Cat. And it would be lovely. It would be lovely to see you. So let me know if you're in town. So until next time, tend to your knitting, kitten. Well, don't shout! I shout! I shout if I want to, and do you know what?